want you to notice this here. This is very much like Cornelius. Um, because Cornelius was open to God. He gave alms always. He respected the Jewish people. He, he feared God. But that wasn't enough for his conversion. He had to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And same thing with Lydia here. She had to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. But um, what, is, what does it say here? It says that she attended unto the things which were spoken of by Paul. What do you think was spoken of by Paul? Paul said, what did Paul say? He said, we preach Christ and Him crucified. If you have your Bibles with you, if you could turn to Acts chapter 16, verses 5 to 16 is the passage that we're going to go through today. And today's message is about... How God changed the Apostle Paul's plan. Um, and so his journey is continuing, but God has some surprises in store for Paul. And as we read the first three verses, or four verses of this passage, this is what we find. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mesa, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia, and prayed him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And so this is an example of God using no as a directive. We don't often think about that in the in our modern uh, interpretation of, of understanding God, but Paul was sensitive to the Spirit of God, and when God told him not to go somewhere, he listened. And it's interesting here to me that they were forbidden not once, but twice to go where they wanted to go. Because first of all, they were forbidden to go to Asia Minor uh, to preach the gospel. And then they were forbidden to go to Bithynia. And you have to wonder, at this point, you know, would you be encouraged to continue to wait on the Lord, or would you just give up and pack up your things and go home? I think if most of us were honest, we would say that there would be a temptation of us to be discouraged and give up. But God um, had a further plan for Paul that he was clearing the way for. And um, a vision appeared to Paul by night, and a man of Macedonia came and prayed him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So, the no's that God had for us, or for, for Paul and his missionary group, were direction for the yes that would come. And so, that's an important thing for us to remember. And this reminds me of what we learned in Acts chapter 8. So, let's go there for a minute. In Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 29... 
we read, And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went down, and behold, a, Matthew, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself unto this chariot. So, Philip has a thriving ministry in Samaria, and God says, Go to the desert. Now, again, that doesn't seem like something that we would want to do. Uh, we would say, well, God, I'm doing your will here. I'm, I'm seeing results, but God says, go to the desert. And Philip had to be wondering, well, what are what is God going to do through this, sending me to the desert? But he went, and as a result, he was able to go to the Ethiopian eunuch. And if you continue through the story, you know that the Ethiopian eunuch had questions about the scroll of Isaiah, which he was reading, because he said, does the prophet speak of himself or someone else? And then, of course, Philip is able to preach Christ to him from this passage, and the glorious end of the story is that the Ethiopian eunuch said, See, there is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, let's do a baptism class for the next three weeks, and then we'll get back to it. No, he didn't say that. He said, if you believe with all your heart, you mayest. And the Ethiopian eunuch said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch went down into the water and the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized, and Philip was taken up, and the Ethiopian eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. That is a direct result of following God and doing His will. And we're going to see a similar thing happen with the Apostle Paul and his ministry. Sometimes we can be doing a good thing, but if it's not God's will for us, it's not the right thing for us. Hudson Taylor had definite convictions about how God's work should be done. We can make our best plans and try to carry them out in our own strength, or we can make careful plans and ask God to bless them. Yet another way of working is to begin with God to ask His plans and to offer ourselves to Him to carry out His purposes. And that is, that is convicting to me that I need to ask God, what are your plans for me, and how can I carry them out? So, moving on to our second portion of Scripture this morning, we see Paul is obedient to God's direction. It's not enough to hear God's direction. What do we learn as young children? Um, that listening is part of obedience. We show our obedience, we show that we've listened by actually doing what is required. What did Jesus say? He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so, the second point that I have this morning is Paul is obedient to God's direction. 
Acts chapter 16, verses 10 to 12. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothrica, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in the city abiding certain days. So we see a couple things interesting here. First of all, we see that they immediately sought to go to Macedonia. Now, now we don't know if Paul got up after that vision and and you know tried to make plans in the middle of the night to go to Macedonia. But what we do know is that he realized that this was a call from God, and he was going to do it, which is the exact opposite of what happened with Jonah. Because when God said, Jonah, go to, go to Nineveh and preach to the people um, so that they can repent. And it's interesting, at the end of Jonah, Jonah said, the reason I didn't go is because I knew that, you would re- that they would repent and I knew that you would show mercy. Which is kind of, um, kind of the point of being a prophet, but apparently uh, Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. But in this case... Paul, Paul is obedient, and he's, and so they go um, because they believe that God has called them to preach the gospel in this area, and they lose from Troas, and they go through this journey, and um, but then, as you go through this passage, um, you see in, in Luke 16.10, or in Acts 16.10, that the narrative switches from a they to a we. And um, it is quite possible that through this change of direction, God caused Paul to add to the missionary team um, Dr. Luke, who he would call the beloved physician. Uh, some scholars believe that he... Uh, accompanied Paul on this journey as his personal physician. But what we do know is that we have quite possibly the largest portion of the New Testament through the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, which we may not have had had he not had an association with the Apostle Paul and the other believers. So we see God working and allowing Luke to join um this group, presumably from Troas. And so then they went to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony, and they abode certain days. Now as we move forward through this chapter you will see Philippi um, continuing to play a role but I just think it's very important for us to realize that when Paul heard from um, the Holy Spirit he immediately acted on what he heard. And just as he just as he acted on hearing that God did not want him to go to these other places, when he found out where God wanted him to go, he went obediently. And that is that is something that we can all learn from because God um, will give us direction. The Bible says, If you lack if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering. So that's an important 
lesson to for us. In Psalm 119, 58 to 60, we read the psalmist's response to God, and it reminded me of the Apostle Paul. And it said, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways, and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste, and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Remember we said that if God gives you a commandment, and you believe God as your Savior and Lord, what does that mean? It means you will keep His commandments. And so what a wonderful thing for us to remember. The United Press, through the United Press, comes a report that termites had eaten through a large stack of pamphlets entitled Control of Termites in the mailing room of the University of California at Berkeley. Maintenance men made the discovery. One would naturally expect that the university buildings would be free of termites because at such a center of higher education so much is known of termites and the destruction they cause. But it is one thing to have a pamphlet to have in a pamphlet the information concerning the control of termites, and quite another to make a practical application of that information. On speaking to his disciples on one occasion, the Lord Jesus said regarding the things he taught them, If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. And we are told by the Apostle James, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. There are a lot of people that are hearers of the word, they can quote the word, they read the Bible, but it doesn't permeate their heart. Um, the, God said of the Pharisees, remember, he said, your lips profess to know me, but your hearts are far from me. These men that had spent, spent years and years of their life and hours and hours a day uh, learning the scriptures, and yet they could not see the fulfillment of scripture when it was right in front of their eyes. And I remember in, in, in John chapter 3, Nicodemus is asking questions because God has softened his heart. And Jesus says, you know, you have to be born again by the Spirit of God. Uh, because this is not something that you can understand without the help of the Holy Spirit. So we need to make sure that we are doers of the word and not hearers only. So, the third point this morning is Lydia is converted. I, I really like the fact that God is a God of seeking out individuals who he can help. You know, in the Bible you see certain interruptions and you think of them, you may be tempted to think of them as interruptions Jesus is on his way to raise a child from the dead, and a lady um, touches him in a crowd, and she's healed of her issue of blood that she had for 18 years. And even though she's being pressed by a bunch of people, uh, she he asked, Jesus asked the question, Who touched me? And Peter's dumbfounded. He says, how, how can you say who touched me? Everybody's touching you. But Jesus knew. 
and he cared about her, and he loved her, and he sought her out. And she admitted it. She said, yes, I touched you. And he said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And so, this may seem like an interruption from what Paul wanted to do, but God had a plan. Because Lydia's heart was ready. Let's look at Acts 16, 13 to 15. Acts 16, 13 to 15. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spoke unto the women that had resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord had opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of by Paul. And she was baptized in her household, and when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. I want you to notice uh, several things here. First of all, um, in my studies, I found that the supposition is that they did not have enough men in that region to form a synagogue. Apparently you had to have ten men in an area to start a synagogue, and apparently they didn't reach that quota. So they were meeting outside of the synagogue by the river for prayer. And so they went to minister to these people. Even though Paul uh, liked to go into the synagogues to share the gospel, he was not. He didn't say, well, this isn't a synagogue, so I'm not going to go there. No, he went there because somehow he sensed there would be a need. And they spake to the women which resorted thither, and then a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, which worshipped God, heard us, and the Lord opened her heart. I want you to notice this here. This is very much like Cornelius, um, because Cornelius was open to God. He gave alms always. He respected the Jewish people. He, he feared God. But that wasn't enough for his conversion. He had to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And same thing with Lydia here. She had to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. But um, what, is, what does it say here? It says that she attended unto the things which were spoken of by Paul. What do you think was spoken of by Paul? Paul said, what did Paul say? He said, we preach Christ and him crucified. And earlier in this passage we saw that Paul wanted to go to Macedonia so that he could preach the gospel. That was his reason for heeding the call to go down there because they believed that God had called them to preach the gospel. And then again, she was baptized immediately and members of her household. And she said, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come into the house and abide there. And she constrained us. So we see her not only opening her heart to God, not only receiving faith in Jesus Christ, not only being baptized, but then also being immediately hospitable to the Lord's people. The fruit of her salvation was beginning to bloom already as she opened her heart and her house to the Apostle Paul and his team. By way of cross-reverence, let's look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 3, verses 4 to 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 
verses 4 to 8 says, For while one saith, I am of a Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planted and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his reward according to his own labor. Now I think it's really interesting uh, to, it's a warning really to us to not follow a specific person, um, because people will fail us, but God never does. In this passage, Paul said, I, I thank God that I only baptized a few of you. Why? Because he did not want to be followed as Paul. He said, follow me as I also follow Christ, not follow me because I am Paul. And he said, it doesn't matter uh, who you follow as far as men goes. What matters is that you're following Christ. And he said, we are used in the process of bringing people to Christ, but we're nothing, because it's God that gives the increase. And if we look back at the first portion we read today, if Paul had uh, continued to go in those places where the Holy Spirit um, said not to go, he wouldn't have had any fruit, because all of the power comes from the Holy Spirit. If you're preaching outside of the power of the Holy Spirit, then you're just someone saying words. But if you're preaching with the Holy Spirit, God can use it. And uh, I think that's a good warning to all of us. And um, God gives the increase. You know, sometimes as I'm going through this journey of ministry, I will do something that I believe firmly that God has called me to do and then I, I don't feel like there's a lot of fruit but I have to remember that I'm putting out seeds and I'm allowing God to water and give the increase and sometimes when I least expect it I hear from people who who have been blessed and encouraged by the things that I have shared so once I once I put something out there like on my podcast or whatever then I can just be confident to know that God will give the increase for whatever that is as he sees fit. Um, one night, when my wife was at a prayer meeting, I began to grow very miserable. I did not know what was the matter with me, but but finally retired before my wife came home. In the morning, I could eat no breakfast and went to the office. I told my clerks they could take a holiday, and I shut myself in the office. I kept growing more and more miserable and finally got down and asked God to forgive my sins. I did not say... For Jesus' sake, for I was a Unitarian, and I did not believe in the atonement. I kept praying, God, forgive my sins, but no answer came. At last, in desperation, I cried, O oh God, for Christ's sake, forgive my sins, and I found peace at once. The man had no access to God until he came in the name of Christ, but when he came thus, he was answered at once. There are a lot of people that are looking in a lot of different directions for hope. We look at the government. We look at money, we look at status, but the only thing that really gives hope is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how is that possible? 
It's possible because the God of the universe became a baby um, and was laid in a manger and was raised up for 33 years as a, as a Nazarene, walked among us, did the things we did, what, you know, was a teenager, knew what it was like to have growing pains. Uh, he's sympathetic to the things that we go through because he was 100% human and 100% God. But at the time appointed, he was, was bound over to sinful men, was tried illegally, and was placed on a Roman cross for our sins. For your sins and for my sins. And one of the greatest ironic statements in that whole story is when the people who are at the trial say this, His blood be on us and on our children. What they didn't realize is that if His blood is not on us, then we have no hope. But I am thankful um, that I can plead the blood of Jesus on my life today because I have trusted Him to be my Savior. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It doesn't say you might be able to come to the Father but by me. It doesn't say there's one other way. It says no man can come unto the Father but by me. And so I want to encourage you, if you don't know Him, trust Him today. If you do know Him, Rejoice in these truths that we have heard. And know that God, if you're truly seeking God, you will find. The, the story of Lydia should encourage us of the truth of what Jesus said when he said, If you seek, you will find. You know, there's a trend today for seeker churches. And they say, we're just going to do a, a message for people that are seeking. But there's a lot of people that are quote-unquote seekers that aren't really seeking the truth because Jesus said that it's the definitive article. If you seek, you will find definitely no doubt about it. Jesus did not make ambiguous statements. He always, his, his answers and his teachings were always yes and amen. So we definitely can rejoice in that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this passage um, about Paul's journeys and how you closed some other doors, but you opened this one and Lydia was there and ready to receive your word. And her household was affected and she immediately began to minister to others as a result of receiving your salvation. Lord, may we seek to be used the best way that you know how for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, Saint number 380, 380, on the everlasting arms. And then I'm going to give a quick update on Brother Pierre about this.